It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, you have your Bibles turned to Acts chapter 8 this morning. I will try to be brief, try to get you out of the cold, and uh, get you home to that warm fire. But uh, God showed me something. I want to give it to you. It, it helped me. It blessed me. It may be a blessing to you, but uh, I want to give it to you. Acts chapter 8 and verse number 26. Let us stand for the reading of God's Word. We'll read one verse. But keep your Bibles open because I'm going to use the rest of the verses as we preach through this, uh, this rest of this chapter here. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is the desert. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this day, Lord. We thank you for the hearts and minds that are here, Lord. We ask you to touch hearts and minds this morning, Lord. Lift them up and encourage us. Help us to be what we need to be in this day, Lord. Help us be that shining light that the world needs to see, Father. We'll praise you. We'll glorify you. We give you honor in all things. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. If you've read your Bible, you know the Bible. In Acts chapter 7, uh, Stephen has been stoned to death. He was martyred for the cause of Christ, for preaching the word. In Acts chapter 8, we find the church has come under great persecution. But out of that persecution, revival breaks out. It seems like the church had the worst uh, that it is when people actually got stirred up and fired up for God. And wanted to do something for God. I guess it's because God moves us out of our comfort zone. I mean, things are going smooth in your life. Things are going the way you want it to go. And we get comfortable and then we get cold and callous. And when the church goes under their persecution, it seems like revival breaks out. And that's what happens here in chapter 8. They're, they're having revival. We find Philip is preaching a revival in the city of Samaria. And great things are happening. But when God gets a hold of Philip and sends the angel of the Lord and says, Philip, I want you to get up from where you're going. At all that's going on this morning, all that people are getting excited and people are moving and God is doing things. I want you to get up and go to the desert. What in the world is in the desert? Lord you, Lord, you see what we're doing here. You see what's happening here. But why do you want to pull me out and send me to the desert? The desert is a hot and dry place. You get thirsty. get under a lot of pressure in a desert. I've been in the desert. I know what it's like. You better be mentally, physically ready to be for a desert to come to your life. But sometimes as Christians, we go through desert times in our life. We may not be physically in a desert here, but there's times in our life that we are in a spiritual desert. We're dry, we dried up, we got into, under pressure, and it seems like that's when we really fall away. But I, I'm here to tell you, God still blesses His children in desert places when it seems like dryness is coming in your life. God still blesses His children this morning. Amen. You may be in a desert place, but let me tell you what, God is there with you this morning. God meets the needs of His children. Amen. I know He's met my needs time after time. 
I'm I'm glad he provides for us in those desert places in our life. Let me give you four things out of this text we've read here this morning on what you can find in a desert. Now, I don't know if anybody here has been in the desert. I have been in Africa. I've been through the deserts. I know what it's like. And there's some things that you can find in a desert. Amen. The first thing I see that you find in the desert, according to the scripture here, there was a witness in the desert. Out of the middle of that dry, hot, burning desert, there was a witness. Because there was a lost man. Philip comes unto this Ethiopian eunuch reading the scriptures, and Philip asked him the question, Understand thou what thou readest? And he answered him in verse 31, How can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Let me say this about the witness in the desert. Philip was obedient to the call of God. I mean, he is preaching a revival, a great revival in the city of Samaria. And and no doubt there was a whole lot of people and and Philip was preaching and the Bible said that they were in one accord in verse number 6. That's a blessing right there just to get one church in one accord. It's a hard thing to do, but Philip had the city in one accord. And then the Bible tells us in verse number 8, and there was great joy in the city. If you look around America today, at all these cities that we have today, there's no joy in these cities. Uh, it's nothing but crime. It seems like cities today are laden with sin, hatred, and godliness. Things are going, uh, uh, going on in their life. How, how can you have joy in the middle of all that that's going on? That's when a revival breaks out. That's the great joy of God that comes in. And when you have joy in the city, when you have joy in the church, that's an indication there's a revival that's breaking out. We just came out of revival, and let me tell you what, I still feel the revival fires in my heart, and I don't want it to go out. There was joy in the city. But God said, I want you to leave that, Philip. I I want you to get away from that. I understand what's going on. But there's something I need for you to do. I want you to go to the middle of the desert. The middle of the desert. We, We have great crowds. They had a great crowd in church. We get great crowds in the churches today. And it seems like things are getting done. And you want me to go out into the desert? You know, he did not ask the Lord, well, how many people are going to be there? He didn't ask the Lord, says, what's what's the tithing going to be like? What's the offering going to be like? He said, Lord said, I want you to go. In fact, in verse number 26, the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip and said, Arise and go. And in verse 27, the Bible says, He arose and went. No question asked. Let me tell you what. Let me just give you this. When God tells you to do something, when God wants you to do something, there's a purpose for God to get you to move, for a purpose for God to get you to do something. You don't need to ask God all these questions on why you're going to do this. Why not you just do it? Because God's got a plan. 
Amen. I've told you this, and I'll keep telling you this to the day I die. When I left out of the state of Florida, <laughs> oh, hurts. I left there with no intention whatsoever passing another church. I, I went through the desert places in the church down. I knew what it's like to struggle. I, I went through those things and I left. I said, Lord, I, I don't want to pastor another church. You know what it's like. And here I am. Thirteen years, here I am. But can I say... I seen what it was like on the desert side of being in the church and I see what it's like on being on the joy side in the church, amen. I see when God starts moving, people get to moving. I've seen that. If, if I start saying no, no, no to God, I don't know where I would be at today. But here I am because Philip was obedient to the word of God. Jonah, everybody know Jonah, right? God said, Jonah, I want you to go down there and preach to none of it. I want you to go down there and talk to them people. They've got some sin going on down there. Jonah said, no. Uh-uh. In fact, Jonah says, I'm just going to go the other way as fast as I can go. Got on his ship and headed out. God said, oh, no, no, no. Got him, got him on a ship and the storm came and he told him, said, well, I, y'all going through this because of my disobedience to God. And, and they said, all right, we got to get rid of you. And they threw him over the side. God had prepared a big fish and he swallowed him up for three days and three nights. I can imagine this. Three days and three nights in the belly of a whale. What are you going to think about? I mean, there you are. My mind would be on if I'd have just done what God said to do, I would not be right here. And, and then when the whale spewed him up on the shore, he went and he preached an interview and, and a revival broke out. People got saved. Even the animals were going right. Amen. But Jonah was still mad about it. He was bitter about it. He sat up on a tree. Lord, just get, kill me. Why won't you do that? But Philip was obedient to God. Now, now it is easy to be obedient when everything's all right. When everything is smooth. Your life is just where it wants to be, where you want it to be yet. You got good health, you got finances, you got money in the bank, you got everything going. It is easy to be obedient then. But buddy, when you get in that dry desert place, your life's been turned upside down. You've got that phone call that says, hey, there is nothing we can do for you. Your, your health is bottom out. Then be obedient. You know, I find that these missionaries, and I love missionaries, and I'm not talking bad about them because I love missionaries. That, that is a work and a half. But you find a lot of missionaries, they want those places called Spain, France, England. Why? Because well, it's easy. But buddy, when God called you to go to Iraq, 
God called you to go to Iran. God called you to go to Afghanistan. Buddy, let me tell you what, it ain't easy there because they don't like you from get-go and when you say Jesus Christ, they want to kill you. We want it easy. And can I say that's the way we want it in church? We want everything easy. We want everything to be all right. We want everything to be smooth. We want everything to be just the way we like it. You come back tonight and we'll talk about that. Amen. God, God, God sends missionaries to those places. Why would he do that? Because they need God too. Their sins are just as great as your sins or small as your sins. But they still need God. They need a touch from God. And they will not hear the word of God unless somebody goes and preach the word of God to them. But I, I know some pastors today, some preachers today, and, and some uh, uh, evangelists today that will not go to a church that doesn't have a large congregation to preach to. Amen, I'm just telling you that. I know some that says, if you ain't got a hundred or more, I can't come. I know some say, hey, if your offering ain't this, I can't come. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, 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 if it's all about the money, if it's all about the crowd, then you got the wrong ma- mindset of preaching the word of God. It's not how big the crowd is. It's not how much the offering is. It's about the lost souls. We need to be obedient to God when God calls and tells us to do something. Wherever God sends us, whatever God wants us to do, we need to be obedient and and mind God in that. Amen. Philip was obedient to the the work of God. But he was also a servant to the word of God. Verse 29 Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near, join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, And understand thou what thou readest. He's being observant to what the Holy Spirit is asking him for. He's listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to him. I I believe this, and I, I, I come short of it a lot of times in my life. We ought to be a witness to every person we come in contact with. We ought to try to uh, be a a witness. We ought to give our testimony and and, and give the gospel to everyone that we come in contact with. But we all come up short on that. We fail God on that. But if we just get in tune with the Holy Spirit... He will put somebody in your pathway that needs to hear a word, that needs to hear something that you've got to say. Every one of us has got a testimony where God has brought us from and where God has taken us from. And somebody in your pathway needs to hear that. What God has done for you, He'll do for others. The Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, if you get in tune with the Holy Spirit, will point them out to you. They may be struggled with stuff that you made a struggle with in your life. And they going through that problem and you could be a help to them. Amen. We get so easily distracted. What's going on in this world, what's going on in our government. We get so distracted. 
and we get so focused on the things that's going on, you'll miss out on the opportunity that God has given you to be a witness for Him. They, they just might need to hear a word of an encouragement. Philip asked the question, Understand thou what thou readest? And the eunuch said, How can I accept some man guide me? This man needed some help. And I'm telling you, there are people in this world that needs help. There are people in this world that are struggling, not only physically, but spiritually, and they need help this morning. You know why we go out knocking on doors, inviting people to church? You know why we witness to people when we come in contact with them? We're trying to get the gospel to everybody out there. But I do know this. Not everyone's going to get saved. Some people just don't want to be saved. Some people just don't want the gospel in their life. That should not stop us from being a witness for him in this world. Because you don't know who can, who ain't, who will. Just keep witnessing. Just keep knocking. Just keep handing tracts out. Just keep telling them. Be obedient to the word of God. We see there's a witness in the desert. But also there was a word in the desert. I don't know about you. But I am so glad that you can still get a word of God. In a desert place. Verse 32, the place of the scripture which he was read. Can I say he was reading the word? And we know the place that he was reading from Isaiah 53, 7. He said he led his sheep as a slaughter and like a lamb done before the shears. And so opened not his mouth. And it's in his humiliation, his judgment that was taken away. Who shall declare his generation for his life taken from this earth? He was reading about Jesus Christ. He was reading about the cross, going across. And, and that's a good place to start reading if you're lost, where Jesus died for you. You get your heart right with God, that's a good place to start reading. But notice the person of the script in verse 34. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of him or some other guy. Then Philip opened his mouth and begin the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. I love that. He preached unto him Jesus. Philip has got a lost sinner in front of him. He's reading the scriptures. This eunuch knew that he was just needed some help. He was lost and undone. And some understand he needs somebody to guide him. He needs somebody to help him. And Philip stopped and said, I'll preach you Jesus. There's nothing else that substitutes than Jesus. Nothing less and nothing more. It is Jesus Christ and him only. There's no substitute. I love singing. We had some beautiful songs this morning. I love them. I have nothing against singing, but let me tell you what, when it comes to preaching, I love preaching. I believe we have some of the best singers here. Amen. I put them up against anybody. Amen. But when it gets down to it, it's the preaching of the Word of God. 
I, I know some people can get moved by the singing. I know people may get saved by the singing, but it's the preaching of the Word of God. Philip didn't preach him singing. Philip said, hey, he didn't say, let me call my singing group in here. Let me get my quartet in here. He start preaching Jesus. And preaching the Word of God still gets the work done. Amen. You know, there are churches today looking for a different way. They're, they're trying to reinvent Christ. Hmm, I don't know why. They, they're, they're looking for a, 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 a better way to present the gospel. Uh, they have watered down the preaching. Uh, they, they minimize the, the word of God and the authority of God and the power of God. They sing for 30 and 40 minutes and get up for 10 minutes a little, uh, oh yeah, you're all good and this is the best day yet. I I'm telling you, we've gotten so bad at it. But let me tell you what, the old timey way of preaching still works. It still gets the job done. Why? Because it's the authority of Christ, it's the power of God. That's what gets people into the house of God, the preaching of God's word. Bible said that he preached to him just saying the Bible preach. He preached him Jesus and what a wonderful subject to preach somebody. Paul said for I am determined not to know anything among you say Christ Jesus Christ and him crucified. You, you can't get enough of him. You can't uh, speak enough about him. It's Jesus Christ, Him crucified and risen. That's what you need to preach. It still gets the job done. You're preaching to sinners and they need to know that Christ died for them. They need to know that Christ loved them. And it's the whole counsel of God. You can't pick it out like a buffet. You got to take every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Preach against sin. Preach the good. Preach the bad. Preach the love of God. Preach the judgment of God. The wrath of God. And heaven and hell. You've got to preach the whole counsel. And anything that you preach always comes back to the Lord Jesus Christ. He preached unto Him Jesus. I'm glad we still got a word in a desert place today. You're not going to get the word on Fox News today. You're not, no politician's going to give you the word today. But you can find the word of the Lord from the blessed book that you hold today. You pick up this book right here. He is faithful to give us a word into a desert place in your life. We see that there was a witness. We see there was a, a scripture, the word. There was some water in the desert place. As they went their way, they came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doeth hinder me to be baptized? He asked a question. Don't miss the doctrine of faith right here. 
Verse 37, it said, And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He said, If thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. He didn't say go out and live a good life. He didn't say go out and join a Baptist church. He didn't say go out and put your name on the rolls. Uh, he didn't say if you go out and get baptized. He said hey, if thou believe with all thy heart. That's the moment of salvation in a person's life. When you believe with all your heart. You say it was that simple? Praise God it is. Yes, it is. It's, it's, it's a matter of repenting and it's a matter of faith. It's not a hard thing. Some preachers will preach and tell you that salvation is a hard thing to come by. The hardest thing for me was to get lost. I had to convince myself that I was a sinner on my way to hell without God or His Son. I had to get to myself that I was a sinner. I was, on my, I was no good. I was a wretched old fool. I had to get myself lost in order for God to save me. Too many people don't think they have a bad life. Well, I'm not that bad. I don't do that bad of a stuff. I only drink a beer every now and then. I only make a tote every now and then. Yeah, but when you start believing with Jesus Christ in all your heart, you'll realize what you're doing is a sin, and God will get you. God will get you. It's a matter of faith. That's what he's saying. And let me say this. We see the exhibit Verse 38. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both unto the water. Both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. Can I say the water did not save him? It did not add anything to his salvation. It was a picture of an outward expression of what God has done on the inside of you. Amen. We preach and promote baptism, but it's not for salvation. It is a testimony of salvation. Baptism is not the condition for salvation. It is a confession of salvation. Now, there's a lot of new versions of Bible out there. And verse 37 is completely left out. Completely left out. Philip said, if thou believest with all thy heart. They will tell you today that's just too much commitment to God. You don't have to believe all that much. All you have to do is come to church. Tired, you're good to go. No, the Bible says you believe with all thy heart. It does matter what the book says. I don't care how many verses they leave out of these new versions, but I'm going to stick with the King James because I believe the King James right. And it tells me if I believe with all my heart, I can be saved. And that's what he said. 
I'm really amazed that we found water in the middle of the desert. Because water in the desert is not a common thing. You have to prepare yourself. Uh, I know I had to prepare myself. I carried me a canteen full of water. And they said, hey, make sure you don't just take and turn it up and try to kill it in one thirst. Because you've got a long ways to go. I remember watching as a kid back in the old western days and you see them go out there and they go out in the desert and you see them crawl around on the ground and all cracked up faces and all that stuff and they're looking for some water, trying to find some water. Can't find it in the desert. But all of a sudden they see some, they run and they think they got it and they're doing everything to get there and get through it and jump in and it's nothing but a dust. It was a mirage. It wasn't water. Amen. I, I remember those old western stories and I got to think about that. And, and I, when I was out in the desert and I said, well, I, I better hold on to my water as best as I can because I don't want to get thirsty. I don't want to have to crawl around out in the desert. Prepare yourself mentally for it. But I'm, no, I'm glad to know that in our dry places, in our spiritual life, that God can bring you some water. He ain't going to leave you there all dried up and beat up. You may even have your face in the dust and the ground, but God is not going to leave you there. He's going to bring some water to you. We may get down and discouraged, and that does happen to believers sometimes. I have been there. We go through valleys and we go through trials. But God is faithful to give us a drink of water just when we need it. Can I say water brings relief from dryness in our life? Then say there was a worship in the desert. Verse 39. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. That the eunuch saw him no more, and he went his way rejoicing. God sent Philip to the middle of the desert for one person. <laughs> that tells me God is interested in the individual. God will send somebody somewhere to you where you at. God will send the angel of the Lord to get a hold of you. God is interested in you, not the multitude. He's interesting. I, I get this. I get, you know, y'all know how my mind works. When I read that, God sent him to the middle of the desert for this one man. And he left in Samaria all those people that was just one accord, rejoicing, revival broke out. I can imagine when he was in Samaria and they sent the report back to the, uh, the counselor and said, man, we got it going on out here. We got revival broke out. People are just rejoicing. People are one accord. We got it going on. And all of a sudden, Philip ain't there no more. The next report to get, Philip says, well, I got called out in the middle of the desert. I got one saved. We're going to have to check out on this. <laughs> I, I got called out in the middle of the desert and there was one person there that the angel Lord sent me to and he got saved. Let me tell you what, your life matters. Every individual life matters no matter where you're at, no matter how far in sin you're at, it matters to God. And God says, i got somebody that will dig you out of that mire. i got somebody to lift you up out of that mire. All you got to do is reach out. Have a desire for the Word of God. 
I can imagine that eunuch's face come up out of that water. Spirit hit him. Whew, and all of a sudden, Philip's gone. I don't care. I'm rejoicing. <laughs> I got something that I didn't have a while ago. I don't care where he's at. What I've got inside of me can't nobody take out of me. He got the rejoicing. He got the looking. We see the delight of the eunuch. He went on his way rejoicing. He's reading the scriptures. Philip preached to him. We see the faith and then the rejoicing of what happens in his life. He went on rejoicing in the middle of the desert. God is faithful in desert places of our lives. God can bring you joy. God can bring you some water in those desert places in our life. And I don't know about you, but I've been in some desert places. Spiritually, I'm talking about spiritually. We're not in a desert. But I'm talking about spiritually. We've gotten dry. We've gotten comfortable the way things are. Then we get cold and we get callous about things. And God's got to move us out of our comfort zone. Say, so, hey, you've gotten too used to this. I need to move you out. And he took Philip to the desert place. I imagine when wherever Philip landed up at, I bet you he was probably rejoicing too. He's probably shouting victory. He says, hey, hey, somebody got saved, somebody got baptized. And let me tell you what, anytime somebody comes to y'all to get saved, I want to rejoice with them. I, I want to give them glory. I want to say, Lord, thank you for that soul. Amen. Amen. But as a Christian, we can get in those dry places in our life that we need a refreshment. You know, water refreshes our souls. And that's what happens.